Hi everyone, this is Holly Stowell, your host of Security Management Highlights. In this month's bonus episode, we're bringing you an interview with Thomas R. Stutler, CPP, who wrote this month's cover story. He joins me to talk about mergers and acquisitions and the array of challenges that come along with this transition. Hi Tom, welcome to the podcast. Thank you, nice to be here. You write that mergers and acquisitions can be, first and foremost, a culture shock for all departments. But how do M&As affect the security department specifically, and what can they do to get adjusted? Well, Holly, the darkest reality of every merger is that many people across the whole enterprise are going to be displaced, and some will actually lose their livelihoods. And the survivors, as I like to call them, they may experience a change in title or pay grade or even in the chain of command reporting structure. And, of course, this leads to negative attitudes all across the board, whether you're going to stay or you might be leaving. And if your company just got purchased, you're going to experience a lot of anxieties. And at the same time, you're going to be expected to work at a high level and to get your job done. So to adjust to the waves of changes, uh, I think it's critical that you open up as many lines of positive communications and manage your own expectations. And if your instincts are telling you that your job may be eliminated, then you also need to find the energy to focus on your ex strategy. Of course, if you're staying, uh, don't just wait to see where you'll fit in. Be proactive, network, use every opportunity to, quote, interview the key decision makers for the role that you want. And, of course, realize that uh, adjusting to any new situation takes time and effort. But as this part of your life closes, take ownership of trying to figure out what the next part of your life is going to be and things will work out. So how do policies and procedures play into the mergers and acquisitions process? Well, in most cases, the existing policies and procedures will need to be upgraded or revised after a merger and acquisition event. You know, it's one thing if a 20,000-person company buys a small family business located nearby. But, of course, it's something completely different when a 20,000-person business buys a company that, let's say, has 4,000 employees that operates in 15 new states and four new countries. So it's absolutely critical that the revised policies and procedures reflect best business practices that take into account the new geographical areas, uh, the new laws, and customs. As I mentioned in the article, the security policies and procedures establishes the security culture for the company. And not only is it important to update everything, it's critical to get buy-in from the executives and make sure that over the life cycle of the employee, the employee is kept informed and educated so practicing good security behaviors are just a way of life. An important security consideration during the mergers and acquisitions process is access control. And you use an example of a Toronto-based company acquired by a New York-based corporation as an example of how this might be done successfully. Can you explain what their approach was? Sure. Let's start with the goal and work backwards. So the goal was an access control system that made sense to the new overall company, not just uh, one that benefited the old company and frustrated everyone else. So this objective was accomplished by identifying all the needs and the predictable future needs, and then identifying the solutions, costing out the solutions, and making a decision. So when the Toronto company purchased the New York company, it actually appeared on the surface that one viable option was to just let the access control system in New York stay the same and then tie that system back into their command center in Canada. After several conversations with the vendor and the contract service provider and a few other players, the truth surfaced 
that the system was outdated and the software was no longer updatable and lacked the reporting functions that was originally represented. And even more critical was that the existing system was not scalable and it was not going to handle any future technologies. And as we know from ASIS, there's lots of future technologies that come online and you may want to add those, but you don't want to have the huge funding hit. So using the RFP procurement process, it was determined that expanding the security system used in Canada was the smartest and most cost-effective option. And this also positioned the company to add on new features company-wide without any problems down the road. Finally, you talk about the challenge of reviewing a company's guard force post-M&A. What are some considerations when evaluating this piece of the puzzle? Well, you know, it's absolutely critical that the security professional involved in the evaluation knows how to effectively communicate with the executives and business leaders and also has the patience to collect all the facts, to educate, and to address all the concerns. In other words, it's not only about addressing what's important to your team and your department and your business unit, but what's important to the folks in the C-suite who ultimately write the check. And you will glean this information by active listening to their concerns and questions. That's kind of the initial strategy. If your post-merger and acquisition goal is to meet or exceed the industry standard, then it's imperative that you have to be able to articulate your position and make a business case. For instance, if the industry you operate in uses unarmed contract security and you want an armed proprietary team, your solution has to be based on facts and circumstances that warrant this type of response. The good news is that if you take the time to collect all the relevant facts and figures, the direction you need to go will be self-evident in most cases. In the military, they plan for the worst and hope for the best. But in the private sector, nobody likes to spend much money until something actually happens. And then companies will overreact and spend money. A great example are companies that don't hire security officers with first responder training. And then after an employee has a heart attack, They spend the money for AED devices and company-wide CPR training. This makes it very important to use case studies, industry surveys, and realistic what-if scenarios in your business case. And there's a huge educational piece to selling your ideas. So don't assume anything. A lot of executives are truly not aware of all the probable threats to the company or the workforce that are avoided or minimized with reasonable measures. But you know, the article was a taste of what a security professional could do to be effective in the space, right? So uh, I think it's impossible to provide guidance on every type of M&A event in a short article. So I guess the most important point of the article was that M&A events provide a unique opportunity. So if you take a systematic approach to integrating the two companies the way a hired consultant would, you'll have the greatest level of success. I always wanted to relay to fellow ASIS members that the ASIS membership directory is truly one of the most valuable resources in taking on any security-related task, including the task referenced in this article. And a lot of people don't, don't do it. A lot of people will not go through the directory and find people who are ahead of them in the game or people who may have just gone through the same type of event and reach out to them. You know, if somebody called me and said, hey, Tom, I heard your company just spent a billion dollars purchasing this huge company. What did you learn? What did you not learn? In less than an hour, I can share with that person all kinds of great information and lots of do's and don'ts. So they do not need to reinvent the wheel. And it's just amazing. And I'm guilty of it, too. But at the end of the day, reach out to some folks, introduce yourself, and you will be amazed at how 
powerful a tool the ASIS directory is. Just in the short time that this article has been out, I've already probably received about 25, maybe as many as 35 requests. Hey, read the article. It was, you know, thanks for the insight or whatever. And some of the some of the notes were even a little deeper. You know, we all need to help each other. We only know what we know. Tom, thanks so much for joining us. You're welcome.